Hey everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Unknown Serial Killers. Thank you again for joining me this week as we uncover another average person who occasionally kills people for their own pleasure. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, please go check it out because you don't want to miss it. As always, viewers' discretion is advised because we're talking about murder, violence, and possible drug use. Today, we're talking about the Connecticut River Valley Killer. The Connecticut River Valley Killer refers to an American unidentified serial killer believed to be responsible for a series of stabbing murders, mostly in and around Claremont, New Hampshire, and the Connecticut River Valley, primarily in the 1980s. In the mid-1980s, three young women disappeared around Claremont. In 1985 and 1986, the skeletal remains of two of the women were recovered within a thousand feet of each other in a wooded area in Kellyville, New Hampshire. The condition of the remains made the cause of death difficult to determine, but certain factors pointed to multiple stab wounds. Between the recovery of the first and second bodies, a 36-year-old woman was stabbed to death in a frenzied attack inside her home in Saxton Rivers, Vermont. Ten days later, the remains of the third missing woman were found. An autopsy again revealed an evidence of multiple stab wounds. On October 24, 1978, 27-year-old Kathy Milliken, born May 25, 1951, was photographing birds at the Chandler Brook Wetland Preserve in New London, New Hampshire. The next day, her body, with at least 29 stab wounds, was found only yards away from where she was last seen. On July 25, 1981, 37-year-old Mary Elizabeth a student from the University of Vermont disappeared near Interstate 91 at the Massachusetts-Vermont border, where she had been hiking to Waterbury, Vermont. On August 9th, her body was found in a wooded area off Unity Stage Road in Unity, New Hampshire. Owing to the condition of her body, the medical examiner was unable to determine a cause of death. 17-year-old nurse's A Bernice Court Minch was last seen by her boyfriend's mother in Claremont on May 30th, 1984. She was thought to have set out to see her boyfriend in Newport by hitchhiking along New Hampshire Route 12. She did not reach her destination and was subsequently reported missing. In April 1986, a fisherman discovered evidence of a knife, of knife wounds to the neck and an injury to the head. On July 22, 1984, 27-year-old Alan Fried, supervising nurse at Valley Regional Hospital, made a late-night stop to a payphone in Claremont. Fried spoke with her sister for approximately an hour, when she suddenly remarked on a strange car she observed driving back and forth in the vicinity. She stepped away from the phone briefly to make sure her car's engine would start and then returned. After speaking for a few minutes longer, Fry concluded the call. The next day, Fry failed to report to work and her car was found abandoned on Jarvis Road, a few miles away from the market where she used to pay phone. Fry's remains were found in a wooded area near the banks of the Sugar River in Kellyville in September of the following year. Postmortem examination revealed evidence of multiple stab wounds and probably sexual assault. On July 10, 1985, 27-year-old single mother Ava Morris born May 6, 1958, was seen hitchhiking near the border of Claremont and Charleston, New Hampshire, on Route 12. 
This is the last time anyone would see Morris alive, and she too was reported missing. In 1986, Morris remains were found by loggers about 500 feet from where Crinkley's body has been discovered in 1981. Postmortem examination found evidence of knife wounds to Morris' neck. So here's my take on this. He's preying on innocent, lonely people. He or this, he or she, this person, they vacate, they, they, they look, they scam, and they see who they can find. These people were by themselves. These people are hiking, which shouldn't even be something that they would do. And you know, there's like creepy people walking around. If it's late at night, early in the morning, it doesn't matter. These people are vulnerable and he catches them or she catches them off off guard and they attack. And for me, these murders seem very personal because this person is stabbing these these women so many times. It's like it's hatred. On April fifteenth, nineteen eighty six, thirty-six year old Lynn Moore, born April twentieth, nineteen forty nine, was doing yard work outside her home in Sax Saxons River, Vermont a short distance from I-91. That evening, her husband returned home to find his wife's dead body, bearing multiple stab wounds. The crime scene suggested a fierce struggle had taken place. Numerous witnesses reported having seen a slightly stocky, dark-haired man with the blue knapsack lingering near Moore's home the day of the murder. The man was thought to be between 20 and 25 years old, clean-shaven with a somewhat round face and wearing dark rimmed glasses. The following year, a composite sketch was released. On January 10, 1987, 38-year-old nurse Barbara Agnew was returning from a skiing outing with friends in Scranton, Vermont. That evening, a snowplow driver re-encountered her green BMW at a northbound I-91 rest stop in Hartford, Vermont. The door was cracked and there was blood on the steering wheel. On March 28, 1987, Agnew's body was found near an apple tree in the Heartland, Vermont. She had been stabbed to death. There was a heavy snowstorm in the area during the night of Agnew's disappearance, and she was more she was a mere ten miles from her home. Her reasons for pulling into the rest stop have puzzled investigators. The killings had apparently stopped when late in the evening on August 6, nineteen eighty eight, twenty two year old Jay Borowski, seven months pregnant, was returning from a county fair in Key, New Hampshire, when she stopped at a closed convenience store in West Swazny to purchase soda from a vending machine. Borowski had returned to her car, but she took notice of a Jeep Wagner parked next to her. Through her rear view mirror, Borowski then saw the driver of the vehicle walking around the back of her vehicle. She then approached, he then approached her open window and asked her if the payphone was working, at which time he immediately grabbed her and pulled her from the vehicle. Borowski struggled, and the man accused her of beating up his girlfriend and asked if she had the Massachusetts place on her car. Borowski responded that she had New Hampshire place, but this did not deter her attacker, who proceeded to stab her 27 times before driving away and leaving her to die. Borowski managed to return to her car and drive on New Hampshire Route 32 towards a friend's house for help. As she neared 
the house, she noticed a vehicle driving in front of her and realized that it was her attacker's Jeep. Borowski finally reached her friend's home in which the occupants immediately came to her aid. Her attacker apparently performed a U-turn and slowly passed by the house as Borowski was tended to before speeding away into the night. Borowski was treated at the hospital where it was determined that the attacker had resulted in a severe jugular vein, two collapsed lungs, a kidney laceration, and severe tendons in her knee and thumb. Fortunately, Borowski's baby survived, although not without complications. Borowski's daughter would later be diagnosed with mild cerebral palsy. Borowski was able to provide authorities with a composite sketch and the first three carriages of the attacker's license plate. However, the killings ceased following the Borowski attack and the case began became cold. On May 20th, 1984, 16-year-old Heidi Martin went for a jog in Heartland, Vermont on Martinsville Road. The next day, her body was found in a swampy area behind Heartland's elementary school. She had been raped and stabbed to death. 21-year-old Delbert C. Tallman confessed to the crime and was tried. However, he later recanted his confession and was acquitted. Nearly three years later, Agnew's body would be found approximately a mile from where Martin was discovered. Tolman had resided in Bellows Falls, Springfield, and Windsor, Vermont, as well as Claremont, New Hampshire, the epicenter of most of the Connecticut River Valley killings. He was convicted in 1996 of two counts of lewd conduct with a child and was incarcerated at Lake County Prison in Florida for failure to comply with sex offenders registration requirements. He was released from prison on October 6, 2010. Given the circumstances of Martin's murder and the dearth of information related to the arrest and trial of a suspect, some websites cite Martin's death as an unsolved in party of the killings. There is, however, no evidence precisely available to the public that Tallman was involved in any of their cases. So they thought they had the guy who did it, but apparently he wasn't their guy. Um, it, it's kind of, it's kind of like bad luck where you think you got a break, but then it's just like, no, that wasn't it. Hopefully one day these families can have some closure if they reopen these cases. I know it's been quite some time, but sometimes it just takes fresh eyes to see something that somebody had missed years earlier. Thank you guys for tuning in this week as we uncovered another unknown serial killer. This one is definitely unknown because nobody knows who this person is. Come back next week as we discover as we uncover another unknown serial killer as i always tell you guys be nice to people because you never know who they killed see you guys next week <laughs>